how do I make this discoverable? I don't understand. I'm so old now. I don't make <laughs> sense anymore. It says it's trying. I got this microphone. It doesn't hook up to the damn computer. I needed to get one, two, three fucking adapters. My asshole's the size of a pelican. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but... What's your uh, theme that you're trying to go for? So it's called... The pitfalls of well, it's called ruining your childhood, uh, and it's about the pitfalls of nostalgia. So it's about mainly about how people are willing to like sacrifice their standards, so to speak, for some uh, for some you know McDonald's or some uh, you know oh um, yeah some definitely. some uh, some abusive relationships or you know you know like all the, all the, all the various things like late night uh, Jack in the Box tacos. Exactly. You know you should need it, but uh, it's there and accessible, and only fifty cents a piece. Are they still only fifty cents a piece? Because I remember being like nine years old, and they were fifty cents a piece. No, I got, yeah, they're like a, a dollar for two. So I just assume it's fifty. It's probably like something like fifty-nine cents because they're capitalist, capitalist scum. <laughs> fifty-nine cents for one. <laughs> no, you gotta get you gotta get the two. Yeah, exactly. You save eighteen cents if you get two. Might as well do it. <laughs> that's uh, it's, it's big money right there. That's Abraham Lincoln, eighteen times over. Have you ever gone to Jack in the Box and tried to sell like uh or buy like a hundred tacos? I, I like the concept of going to Jack in the Box and trying to sell a hundred tacos. You're like, yo, I got these tacos, and like, I know you guys want to buy them. What's up? I'll get. I'll, I'll hook it up. Uh, no, I have never. Uh, yeah. Nah, that was. Uh, I did that one time. Now that was so many tacos, an absurd amount of <laughs> Jack in the Box tacos. But we're polite and we called ahead and we're like, "Hey, yo, we really want all these tacos right now. Are you able to make them?" I'm really surprised that Jack in the Box had a phone and they answered it because I worked at fast food restaurants and there was a phone, but it was never answered. It was like. It tucked in the corner and they were like, do not fucking answer that phone. Because there was always someone trying to complain or something, you know? Exactly. That's funny. Hey, uh, Jack in the Box, I want... Do you, have you ever watched uh, Epic Meal Time? Yeah, I have. Oh, man, that sounds really familiar. I don't know. The fast food lasagna where they go to McDonald's and get 20 Big Macs. 15 Big Macs, please. Excuse me? 15 Big Macs, please. How much Big Macs? 15. You know, uh, A&W and get 20 burgers, and then they go to Wendy's and get 20 Baconators, and then they make fucking lasagna out of it all. Yeah, I saw that one. Those ones are absurd. I don't know if yeah, I would want to... It really hurts my soul. I, I would definitely try it, though. It doesn't seem bad. Like It's just like cheeseburgers. I would take a bite, at least, and be like, well, that was neat. Now, who's going to eat all this? Yeah. <laughs> one bite probably had, uh, you know, 1,200 calories. Like, yeah, one one bite was probably a full meal. Yeah. It's like more cal caloric intake than a Sudanese child has experienced in his whole life at Jesus. eight. 
true. Yeah, it's fucked up. So true. Yeah, I switched over to the air fryer, and now I can't eat too much fried food anymore. It just fucks up my gut. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, that'll definitely do that, because then all of a sudden all you eat is uh, tater tots, chicken nuggets. Well, I mean, the air fryer, I can make anything. You know, I made beef jerky, but it's just nothing has oil in it. Um, so it's just once you start taking, like, removing that oil from your diet, and then you try to eat, like, something super oily, it, like, your body doesn't know how to digest it, you know? Uh, that's true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to retrain your body to exactly to take that shit food. Yeah. And, just, and, and be happy with it. It doesn't have that laxative to squeeze out, you know? <laughs> right. He's straight up, up. Yeah. Yeah. So good old fashioned unemployment and music. You got albums coming out or what's, uh, what, what, what are you, what are you working on? Anything specific? Uh, well, me personally, I have a few things in the works right now. Actually, I just finished up a mix for um, for the FFU album, uh, the LP that's dropping, the vinyl. So I just you guys gonna do the vinyl, huh? Yeah, yeah. I just finished up a track for that and got that completely like a. Well, we'll see if it gets approved, but. Is it yeah. uh, self-produced or, or, I mean, self-released, or is it going to be, uh, is someone picking it up for you guys? Um, it's self-released. It's a limited press. So it's a small printing release. Yep. Yeah. And then that, the BMN one, though, too, the BMN album's coming out. Tight. Yeah. Yeah. Then I got some other, other, tr other albums that I'm just working on the mix right now, trying to get that all solid. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, you guys make so much music I can never keep up. And also, I'm just not on social media or anything like that. So I'm just, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a 2021 bad friend. I guess you could. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be a good friend in you know 2004, but uh, in 2021, people are like, "Where are you? I haven't seen you for so long." I got like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "No, but yeah, I'm here." Yeah. Still here, still the same spot. Yeah, exactly. Still, yeah, same, same shit, different salad. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the food industry chewed me up and spit me out. I'm not going back. Um, I have a yeah. love for food, but the industry. Uh, I I articulated it to my buddy I was hanging out with the other day, but it's in. In integrity. Are you talking? Integral exploitation is like what they participate in but it's like if you have or if you have integrity they're going to exploit it you know just just anywhere in the restaurant industry or something like that both of you guys could probably understand that so it's like if you work your ass off when you get to a place because you're like you know say you take pride in it or something like that they're like oh this dude works his ass off we're gonna like make him do all this extra stuff you know and then like you know that's just gonna be how it is and you know, sometimes you get that job like once in fucking 25 that you get actually rewarded for that extra shit. But more often than not, they just want you to do extra stuff because you're capable. But then you're not going to get rewarded. So, yeah, that's why if you go into the culinary industry, it's better to go into like something like uh, catering, like what I was mm -hmm. doing, because they actually pay you money there. Mm -hmm. So they, they give you like you can get a prep cook job for like $18 to $20 an hour. Yeah. 
and I was getting paid like 24 for being a sous chef, which is not bad for being a sous chef. Yeah. Getting paid for an hour. That's like what you make for like salary because it would give you like something like $50,000. But then, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was make I was making salary, um, getting 24 an hour. Yeah. So, yeah, it's rough though. Cause you put in all those extra hours and you don't get rewarded for it. So if somebody oh, yeah. fails out, you're the one responsible for covering their shift. So, oh, it's not worth it. Do it. Your boss like yells at you and he's like, "Oh, you're not. Oh, can't handle it, huh?" Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this last place that I was working for. See, like my experience in the last six years in the restaurant industry has been like, I'm gonna bust my ass off, and then I'm gonna get fed up, and then I'm gonna quit. And so this last place that I was working for, they like were they they recognized that I was you know working my ass off. They were they acknowledged it. You know, they told me, you know, they made promises to me and they kind of, quote, dangled the carrot, you know. It's funny. I keep smelling carrots. You know, I thought that I had a, a good in with them. And then it uh, it, it just kind of flounders away because COVID happened and, you know. Yeah. And so it's just rough. Yeah, I was fucking running restaurants, not making very much money. And I essentially in two instances, like I, I pushed myself to like the point of, you know, collapse. I passed out in my bathroom, uh, you know, a couple of years back and like fucked both my knees up because I like, I just like passed out and crumbled and like laid on my legs in like a hella fucking weird way. And so like, yeah, like, and, and I almost hit my head and stuff. And like, I could have, you know, been really fucked up, but that was my first time that that happened. And then just not too long ago before I quit the job or got fired or whatever i had like a three week long anxiety attack but i had just fucking put so much shit into this job that like i had nothing left to give like myself my girlfriend my cats anything you know and so i was like i can't i can't do that anymore i gotta find an industry that will reward me for being a hard worker or being someone who has ideas or something like that yeah exactly yeah but catering is yeah it was one of the few things, but still, I mean, but it's still soul sucking now. It's yep. They still take advantage of you. Take all your time. You have to bust your ass at certain points of the year, like Christmas time. Horrible. You have to just bust your ass so hard, and yep. you're working like upwards to eighty hours a week, and you're like, oh yeah, it's like too much work. And then you just get overtime. And that's it. No, overtime's not worth it because you get taxed yeah. so much yep. on overtime. Straight up. Like, this shit's crazy. Yeah. And then if you're getting tips, too, it's like, oh, they're just going to take an extra fucking 10% off just because you got, like, $20 in tips that got reported or something uh, like that. This shit is so outlandish. It's worse in Oregon than it is in fucking Washington with the taxes, man. It's Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. I thought Washington was worse. No, nah, dude, it's like, I pay, like, 35% after federal and state. Here. Jesus. Jesus. And if you're a sing, if you're a single male or something, like I haven't gotten any money back from any of my tax returns since I moved down here. I owe money every time, every time. That doesn't make any, absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Talk about it. I mean, you don't make enough money to need to pay in. I'm paying in the whole time. Even if you're making under seventy thousand a year, you shouldn't have to pay in. So and crazy. then you get all these people who make millions of dollars and then they get this massive tax break and get like 50,000 back. And you're like, oh, they're going to get a new car now. But then the lower class people have to suffer 
It's great, right? It's called economics. Uh, gotta love it. Yep, gotta love it. Sweet tender economics. Sweet tender economics. Tender economics. Economics of tender. It's sensitive economics. Vaughn, did you see the picture that he got booted from Tinder for? Yes, I did. He showed that me. shit. That shit's so good. <laughs> really funny, I, I laughed my fucking ass off. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> Superman or whatever the fuck he was. Oh, dude, yeah. That shit was great. Like, who, who reported that? Come on. I, right, mean, I want to know. There's no sense of humor in the world. Seriously, though. You should go on Bumble. I bet you'll get, you'll get hit. Well, up. if you take Tinder really seriously, you know, you're like, oh, you're just clowning around. You don't deserve to be on here and talking to people. So. You're right. not mature enough to be in a relationship. <laughs> I'm going to go beat my wife. You know, just like, oh, that sounds horrible. Hey, Jesus. Uh, yeah, God, please don't. Stay away. Are you are you working for a, a shop? I see your 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 things always full of the uh, the tweed. All you're the always tweed. like you're always like check out this tweed. How about this tweed? <laughs> I got all the tweed. Yeah, man, I've been working at this weed shop. Uh, it's been super chill. Tight. Uh, we get tips, you know what I'm saying? We split tips, which is whack, but I mean, still though. Yeah, I mean, I tip your bud tender. Yeah, you know. I tip my bud tender sometimes, depending. <laughs> on, yeah, it depends know, how, how I'm feeling. Yeah. That's it's how cute they are. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yep, right, exactly. <laughs> I definitely plays in it. I try to be extra sexy. Depends how sexually attracted I am to the person that's offering me services, man. That's my uh, that's how I tip. Really, you know? <laughs> <laughs> up. <laughs> so scale, say, scale of zero to ten on how hard I get, that's how good your tip will be. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking real though. That's so fucking funny. If you Bro. touch my shoulder, that's an extra two bucks. Uh, yep, for real. <laughs> Fuck for real sake. Uh no tip for anybody, right? What about just straight up an Amish mafia? Oh, there you go. Actually, they had that on like the Amish thing. Really? Yeah, they have an Amish mafia. Damn it! Okay. Amish enforcers. So. Yeah, I'm okay with that. They just don't use technology to beat your ass. They just use their fucking wooden clubs. <laughs> it's handmade too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. <laughs> this night, this nightstick was whittled by my grandmother. Right. Right. Family for centuries. Yes. No. No. This is an ass whooping stick passed down through the generations. Go get the switch. <laughs> yeah. Dude, beating children used to be just so legit. People were like, yeah, let's just beat kids. Right. <laughs> that definitely has to be talked about on the podcast. You have to bring that segment up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got. <laughs> My buddy Brad has some horrible stories about being raised and just like some of the things that his family did to him and stuff. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing, he said. Oh, dude, it is. I mean, you just think about it and you're like, wow, these people had no, like, like the whole concept of like getting your kid the pets, you know, your six-year-old kid, you're like, here's, here's some rabbits, you know, and then he raises the rabbits for a while and then summer comes along and then it's like, oh yeah, go get your friends. And then you go get the friends, and then you have to kill the rabbits. 
and you're six years old or you know something like that and it's like you know they're like well we're just teach, teaching them a lesson you know and it's like well, that's not the way to teach that lesson yeah right. <laughs> like, yeah i'm gonna just show you how to kill the things you love at a young age to just murder them right learn to detach from society son exactly uh, detach from everything detach from emotions men don't yeah. show emotions so uh <laughs> emotion equals weakness <laughs> if you cry i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you <laughs> with this with this switch and he like my parents were would tell me stories about them growing up and it's like jesus the heinous shit that would happen for a small mistake like oh you left some food in a bowl wow okay now you're in trouble you get a spanking so yeah i had cold-blooded very had to sit at the table for four hours after dinner was over because i didn't want to finish my dinner and it was a lean cuisine what the fuck the fuck and so i remember like yelling at my stepmom or i mean i don't think she was there at the time but like the, the they turned the lights off in the dining room and i had to stay there and fucking be punished because i didn't want to finish my meal and i just remember being like what the fuck you didn't slave over this meal you didn't like make this meal you threw it in the microwave for two minutes and 45 seconds threw it on a plate and then told me that i have to eat it you know and it's just like you didn't buy it either you didn't make the money to buy it like like yeah. i just i was just so baffled she grounded me for three and a half years because I had a bad attitude Come again. and uh, she switched me schools every year because I was getting too friendly with people. She locked me in my room. Uh, she told me I couldn't like go into most of the house. She would lock me outside on the property, make me poop in fucking buckets and stuff. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No fucking way. Yeah. And so I had a good childhood. So that's why, you know, we're naming the podcast ruining your childhood Yeah. because well, I'm coming here to make you shit in buckets. You're eight year old. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just crazy baffling to me how horrible parenting is like you know every baby every baby doesn't choose to come into this world every baby is this palette of innocence and then all these fucking people come through and they're just like beating the child or fucking screaming at the child or fucking or you know like neglecting the kid and just like instilling all of this stuff and i know that you know it's not always nature versus or it's nature versus nurture and there is some nature involved like there's just genetic roulette but like some parents are just like oh well, my son's trans so you know and they just don't understand and they get they like disown the kid but they don't understand the concept that genetic sex and fucking or biological sex and gender develop at different times and it's just it, it's very common for that to occur and instead they just disown their children and just like you know bring the cycle through Fucked yeah. up people, fuck up people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Hey, that's what I'll say. We live in like liberal states now, so it's you have a lot less. I mean, there's still a lot of fucked up parents out there, but I mean, it's a lot of people are starting to become a lot more aware about how you treat your kids and stop gaslighting your children and fucking with them super hard because it causes more emotional problems down the road. And yep. then it's actually benefiting them because you think you're that tough love is what's going to make your child tough but it's actually going to give them a bunch of emotional and psychological issues that are going to be detrimental later on down their life i think you're all fucked in the head i was gaslit so much by my entire family because like and it was before just my stepmom because part of my family they just 
they compartmentalize things. And I found out it all has to do with this trauma that my grandma experienced. Essentially, my great grandfather was, he witnessed a bank robbery in Kentucky in like the 20s or the, the late teens, 19, 19 teens. And uh, he was killed and he was shot and left dead on uh, in his car on a bridge or whatever. This whole crazy traumatic thing happened to them. Then the Great Depression and shit. And so my grandma is just like the definition of compartmentalization where she like, she's always moving forward. She's always working. She's like, she'll never like talk. Like I didn't, I don't know any of these stories because she told me, I know them because like my aunt told me, you know, or like no one in the family is like talked about anything. Like, I don't know shit about my family from my family. It's fucking hella weird because none of them will address like all of these things that happened to them because they all have this like weird, I need to like just move forward anxiety, you know? And so that just led to a lot of gaslighting me as a child <laughs> because you know something bad would be happening and i would be acknowledging it and they would be like no i don't understand everything's great people don't act like that even my grandma is like you know my stepmom who's like an established horrible person who you know she doesn't see her son because my stepmom sucks so much and they've been married for like 20 years, but she won't admit that she's a bad person because bad people don't exist because they can't exist, you know? And it's just, so she's just gaslighting herself. And so, you yeah, know, she, it's essentially she's just gaslighting herself. So therefore she's gaslighting everyone else. So that's like, I fucking hate that shit. That's why I started rapping. That's what I realized. It's like, because no one listened to me in my childhood. And then I was like, I'm a big guy now. I want to make songs. And then I didn't even know what I was trying to make songs about. And it's just like acid references. And because of acid, I now know that butter is way better than margarine. <laughs> I saw through the bull pop culture references and a lot of weed talk. And, you know, and then there's little, little sprinkles of reality. Yeah, that's kind of me, too. <laughs> so, Kevin, I want to know what was it like? Did you grow up in Arlington? Nah, so uh, I grew up in Everett. Okay. My, um, I lived with my dad and my grandparents, my grandma and my grandpa on his side. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother was a, a foster parent. She ran a foster home. So I grew up with a bunch of other, like, random kids and shit in the house. You know what I'm saying? Cousins. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> my foster cousins. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I moved around all over Everett and shit a lot, you know what I'm saying? Because of that, with her job, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, when my dad got with my stepmom, bro, same, just shit went to shit, man. I hate that bitch. <laughs> it's them from the for real, bro. Oh, God, I hate that bitch. But uh, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying it's crazy. Like, my dad's been married to my stepmom for... You know, they got married when I was 12. And so they've been married 20 years now. And it does not feel like that to me. It's like, to me, it's like this fresh wound still, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what the fuck, y'all? Like, and then I think about it and I'm like, wait, this motherfucker's been married to her for 20 years. You know, that's like, that's on him. You know right. what I mean? That's on, you know, like you can get duped, but you don't stay in a relationship that's horrible for 20 years, you know, and then not be on you. Right, yeah. Actually, the uh, thing about a lot of older people, though, is that they feel like it's more of like a societal thing when they grew up is when you get married, you stay married. Even if you're unhappy, you find a way to work out with it and you don't get divorced. 
and nowadays that's really like changed and people just want to stay with each other or leave like nowadays they want to leave each other and they'll divorce you faster than just trying to work it out and stay with stay through it that's why you have a lot of old uh family or like uh grandmas and grandpas out there that are just like fucking bitter as shit towards each other <laughs> they oh, yeah. each other and they're just like angry as fuck and they're like always their communication is like halfway argument oh yeah to, uh, uh, i'm standing my ground don't talk to me like that and... i watched uh, tommy boy with uh, chris farley and they have a that scene where they're in the boardroom but there's that old couple if this factory goes under the whole town goes under and that's when the whores come in excuse me what was that men laying their trick money down $20 to pay the rent. Maybe instead I'll spend it on the whore. It's like the epitome of that, where they're not going to get divorced, but they're just so unhappy. But yeah, I mean, my, for, for my dad, I think like he got married or he got married to my mom, divorced her. Uh, she had, you know, her, some drug issues and stuff like that. She's much better now. Drug counselor. She's kicking ass. Um, but uh, awesome. yeah. And then so, and then he dated this other girl and she moved into the house. She had two kids that were both older than me. So I had like two step brother and sister, you know, for a little bit. And then she was an alcoholic. And so she left or, you know, they broke up. And then my dad got married to my stepmom after like dating her for like six months. She pretty much, she duped him, right? Hardcore. Cause she was, she was 100% like this type of demeanor. And then they got married and then she switched over to this type of demeanor because she was like super nice to me. And like, I remember one of the things like that stuck out to me about her because like I was in this debate because my grandma had bought me uh, fucking, she took me to Sam Goody or whatever, right? Bought me DMX and then there was blood. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Come on! Put off the red nose reindeer Had a very shiny nose uh, And if you ever and the chronic 2001 right and i got and both of them were unedited and i was fucking pumped right uh, I, I brought him home and my dad was hella pissed off because he was like you know you're not listening to that shit you know the weed leaf on it was you know super you know he was he was not down with that because i had two older brothers that were both heroin addicts at this point you know and and so he was you know he's extra concerned about you know me getting into getting into drugs and stuff and I was like 11. And uh, I remember my stepmom stuck up for me and was like, you know, he's going to be hearing that language and like, you know, at school and a lot of other places. So, you know, like exposing it to him in this way isn't bad if you just like teach him. Right. And she was like really insightful. And like, I was like, yeah, she stuck up for me and I was all stoked. And so then she wins over the kid. And so then the kid starts fighting for her. And like, cause when, you know, my dad's like, you know, so what do you think of Veronica or whatever, you know? And then, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, she's super cool, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they get married. And then she just like, is like, you can't hang out with any of your friends anymore. And I'm like, what? I've, I've like been living at my best friend's house for the past fucking, you know, five years while my dad worked, you know, fucking 12 hour days and stuff. So it was just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it didn't make sense. That bitch. I said, bitch. <laughs> Kevin's face. He's just like, mm. yeah, bro. I fucking feel it. Oh, dude, yeah, it, it's crazy. I'm fucking, yep, I know about it, man. Yeah, like, I was, I had such a good childhood going for me in so many ways. Like, my dad fucking, he wasn't there all the time, but 
I was raised by like my friends' families and my grandparents and stuff like that. I had like a community raising me and like teaching me a lot of things. And yeah, she just was like, nope, you don't get to learn anything from anyone anymore. She didn't let me see my mom. She didn't let me see my grandparents. She didn't let me see my anyone in my family anymore. And then I couldn't see my friends anymore and just fucking like ISOed me for like three and a half years. Yeah. And then I and then I and then I went homeless because I just didn't want to come home from school. And I was like, nah. I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go live in the woods for a bit or whatever. And then my friends' families found out and they were like, no, you can't, you can't do that. And so I was couch surfing for like five or six months, I want to say. And then I finally got my first apartment. And then I was dealing drugs, going to high school. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Making it, make it, making ends meet, partying and shit. And then, yeah, I actually was just like, I was listening to some gangster rap and I was like, why do I love gangster rap so much? And then I was like, oh, wait. Hold up. I had multiple years in my life where I had to deal drugs to like eat. Mm-hmm. And then like the level of desperation and like fear that goes with that you know mm-hmm. i was like oh i can really i can actually relate to this kind of music yeah it's funny when you like i've been trying to analyze like why i enjoy things oh i feel that yeah. you know because it's like you have a bunch of shit like that you like but you don't really understand why you like it mm-hmm. and that's why i was like it started with me like why do i rap you know like why did i want to rap but i was re- i realized that like you know between being gaslit by my family my stepmom isolating me for so long i got out and i was like i have so much shit to say and then I did drugs, like a lot of drugs, and it all muddled it all up. And 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 I didn't realize until, yeah, you know, 12 years later or something that what I actually wanted to say was that my family was ignoring me the whole time, you know? And now I can go make a song about that and then, like, potentially heal it, you know? Which... Yeah, totally. Realizations of it. Hey, man, you want to go to Rockaway? Oh, bro. Yeah, I would, but, you know, I feel real unconscious with my shirt off. You know, my areolas are just way too big. Oh, man, that sucks, bro. That's why they have the disposable nipple. What? For this kind of situation. No way, what's that? That's right, disposable nipples, man. Just attach them to your chest any time you feel them down. So, it, so, it'll, make, so it'll make my nipples smaller? No, it'll make them bigger. Oh, but they'll look better, right? They'll look a lot better. Well, okay, well, that's, that's good. They'll look way better. The disposable nipple. Disposable nipples. The kind you can eat. Organic. Fair trade. Biodegradable. In case you don't even want to eat them. You can be found at your local stock market. Non-corrosive to your skin. BPA free. Organic. Has Chode is a certified B Corporation. Disposable nipples. Good for 52 hours. Why 52? I don't know. 52. It says on the package. Disposable nipples. The kind you can eat. When you are done with them, sometimes. It sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, just like being able to move past the bullshit that we all are stuck in. Because, you know, some of us never get past it. That's what I see a lot of times. Like, I feel so kind of blessed being around so many rappers as well, too. Because rappers have a tendency to be able to express their feelings through writing. And also be able to attack those like negative feelings that you've had a lot in your life and bad experiences growing up some shit that you had to deal with or heavy trauma in your family and you're able to like be able to take that like spearheaded straight like straight towards like being able to recover and heal yourself to be become a better person as well too and like that's like the fortunate thing about rappers is that they're able to able to like 
feel their emotions through writing and they don't shy away from them. So, and they get like praise for it. I mean, nowadays people like when people talk about their emotions and their feelings. Don't run away from your feelings. And where they came from and hardships. Yeah. But it's also therapy. Yeah, it was interesting because that company flow song is like one of, well, not only is company flow like the first independent hip hop group ever that like started and paved the way for rhyme sayers and every non-large label entity of music. But it also, that last song was like one of the first times that anyone was emotional in a song. And it's funny because you see uh, Kid Cudi and, and all these, this, this style of emotional music that has just been building over the last time, last, you know, 20 years, starting with LL Cool J, arguably. Um, I actually, I wrote an article for this snowboarding magazine that was about, it, the question was, why do people love Drake so much? Because the snowboarding magazine, every submission that they were getting, like every video clip, montage, uh, submission, whatever, uh, had a Drake song in it, like every single one that they were getting for this short period of time. And I knew the person that owned the magazine. And, and so she was like, what the fuck is the deal? Like, I don't get the Drake, you know? And then so I was like, all right, let me handle this. And so I broke it down and, uh, it, yeah, it stems to he's like the modern LL Cool J because people didn't really understand. But when LL Cool J came out with fucking I Need Love. I need love. That shit fucking revolutionized hip hop and it revolutionized fucking R&B music. It created the hip hop R&B mold that like led to fucking so much shit afterward. And then all the fucking dudes were hating on it. And then like, but secretly like bumping it with their girl, like, because I, because they're stoked because they can bump some hip hop and their girl can be into it. You know what I mean? So they're feeling like, you know, and so there's that hybrid. And so Drake essentially kind of does that same thing where it's like a lot of dudes hang out with a girl and they're like, all right, you know, like I'll deal with it, you know, and, and you know, and, and they're going you know, to sacrifice there or, or just accept that he's good. And then some people are just like, I straight up just like it. And, you know, Kevin, what do you think about Drake? Uh, I like some of this shit. I ain't gonna lie. See, but I'm not like rushing out to go see him live, though. You know. I'm oh saying? hell no, no, I would never see him live. I'm not gonna buy his albums, but I accept that "In My Feelings" is like a fucking really ill song. <laughs> exactly. Like, like that shit knocks. I mean, and I, I can't. I, you know, I'm, I'm partial to it because I love that New Orleans bounce shit that he, and he does like a really good job of like. Or the producers that he works with, with like kind of paying homage and taking like uh, like a, a, a subculture style or a niche style and like incorporating it into his pop shit, you know, and yeah. it actually it works really well for him. But the dude's fucking genius in his marketing and stuff. Right, like that. Yeah. I don't think he's the best by any means, but I think he's the best marketed. Yeah, he's definitely the best marketed. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> Drake's producer is really good, too. And... I forget Drake's producer's name, but they make really good. They're like the style of music that he was able to make for Drake was just kind of like perfect on an emotional side. And people haven't really captured that kind of vibe and feeling for music before. So when he did it, it was kind of like, boom, revolutionized that like whole, it's okay to feel feels. Mm -hmm. Talk about breakup shit. All right, I got a I got a hot take, hot question for you. Okay, well, both of you, Kevin, you're going first. Who do you think is the most influential hip hop artist of the last 
10 years? Jesus. Bro. In your opinion. Man. If I would... If it would have been the decade before this one I'm talking about, I would have said Kanye. Or Lil Wayne, bro. Or Lil Wayne, right? You know, that would have been acceptable too. But now we're talking about the last 10 years, right? This is post-Kanye Lil Wayne. This is post-Kanye 2010. Most influential. Yeah, 2010, 11 to... 10 to 11. Oh, man, what was I fucking bumping back then? Well, I mean, it can be now, and it's the stuff that you see now that, like, is it, it bled off of a certain style. I know who I would say. But I want to hear what you guys would say. I have a couple in mind. Uh, I think it's Buck 2 that his death really brought it to light. But I think that MF Doom might be might be the one that... Yeah, he got really popular in the last 10 years. He was kind of like underground popular and then hit the mainstream once everybody bought a 404 and started sampling. So mm-hmm. I'm in between between him and Griselda. But I'm not like super in tune with fucking hip-hop fucking culture and shit right now so mm-hmm. you know it's kind of hard for because i listen to a lot of underground shit and things yeah. of that nature so i don't really know there's a bunch of shit happening right now that i don't fucking know about you know i would have to i would say a couple oh some people i would want to say one person I know for sure that I've seen and one of the most influential people that I've seen today is like Cardi B. Yep. She's insanely influential. Or you could say Nicki Minaj even. And Nicki Minaj as well too. Both of them like they paved the way for like female artists and also mm-hmm. uh, standing up for civil rights and human rights as well too. Yeah, that's very They give a fuck. And they also inspired so many people to twerk and get down and do shit. So, yeah, Nicki Minaj actually, I like that. I would, I would, I would put her on the top list. So mm-hmm. for me, right in response, kind of to what Shroom was saying with Griselda, right? So Griselda is really big right now, and then another another artist that's really big right now is The Alchemist, right? Those are fucking two huge dudes. Alchemist is like his name's on every fucking hip hop album. You know, like LeBron's bumping his shit like all over, right? Yeah. Oh, all of the Alchemist? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so Alchemist, I was like, it might be Alchemist, but then I realized that he had a style of beats before this last 10 years that was slightly different to what his new style is. And his new style is more along the lines of what Rock Marciano came out with. And so that for me, it's Rock Marciano because he inspired uh, Alchemist to, to strip down his stuff all of the Griselda dudes is all and like fucking Freddie Gibbs. Like there's so many artists that are all that like what I don't even what do you call that genre where it's like it's like the new boom bap, right? Where it's just like a sample and the drums almost even aren't there. It, whatever it is, dude, it's so good. Like listening to to like uh, Rosebud Revenge 2, like some of the songs that Rock Marciano has, it's just like he he captures this fucking this energy of just like fucking pure elegance and he inspired everyone from fucking future and drake to 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 all the griselda and alchemist and all that stuff because yeah do you remember when rock marciano came out and he was just like damn this shit is like hella hood but it does not bump at all and you were just like and and wiz was talking about it a bunch wiz was like dude this dude's the truth Wiz was like you know this is the shit and uh you know wiz is always funny like that he has 
to me, like, I love the dude, but he's either like into some shit that's like no one listened to from like 20 years ago, you know? And he's like, he's talking about, he's like, that's it. And then every now and then he hits me with something and he's like, no, dude, this is the truth. And, you know, it's like, it becomes like really big. That's real. Cause he put me on both him and uh, Westside Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, See? Uh, fucking when I had, when I was first getting into both of them, I got them mixed up. I had their name switched, you know? So that shit was funny. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck? Or why would you hear something? Go back yeah. to what the fuck's going on. But no, nah, definitely both of them. Yeah. Benny the Butcher is is really fucking good. His his shit's really good. I like it. Um also Lightweight, my new favorite feature rapper. It used to be Ludacris. Now it's French Montana. Okay, thank you. French Montana. Dude, I'm telling you, dude. Go listen. Go listen to that Benny the Butcher song featuring French Montana and Jim Jones. Dude, that shit is hot. Ah, you know, my buddy uh, Jake Jake Zubich. Shout out to Jake Zubich. He uh, he sat me down. We were getting stoned at his house one time, and he was like, "What? You don't like Juicy J?" And I was like, "Nah, dude. I just like I'm not really into it." Personally, I think you're a fucking idiot. And he just like turned on uh, "Stay Trippy," you know that album when it came out. Yeah. Or whatever. He just like turned it on and just like turned it up. It was just like this. Don't run away from your feelings. You know, and we like we were smoking, and I'm just like, "Nah, dude. Like I'm not into it." And he's like just letting me talk. You know, the whole time he's just like, Duh. like this. Yeah, it was more like it's more than that. Duh. And just not responding to me at all, just smoking, smoking, and just doing that. And I was like, after, after like the second song, I was just like, all right, it's good. Like, you know, just like, dude, he, he, dude, it was, it was like one of the funniest moments of my life. And then at that moment, I was like, oh, there's this other side of rap that's, it's, you just gotta, it's just good. And you just gotta accept it. There's something you have to turn off to accept it. But you know, like for me at that point in my life, I was all about the lyricism you know, and then I was just like, wait, now this shit bangs way harder than that shit. Fucking yeah, like, three six mafia is the fucking pioneers, bro. They're cool, man. And I'll fucking love three six, bro. All of I mean, I was bumping UGK hard because UGK is like, you know, they they're that like hybrid of like super hood and super lyrical shit. And so I used to bump UGK all the time, but I never got too much into 3-6. And now, like, all I really bump is 3-6 and Memphis Trap. Like, <laughs> it's, it, it's so good. <laughs> I love it. And LA rappers. I listen to a lot of LA rappers. But... Hell yeah. What happens? I was thinking about it. If I had to rank my, my rap cities, my cities, cities of rappers, LA would be my number one. Atlanta and surrounding areas would probably be number two. Memphis would be number three. Houston would be number four. New York would be number five. Mm. Mm. Damn. Mm. Hot takes. New York doesn't like me. You know what? Who gives a fuck? You know what? Fuck everybody. Although I love New York, so. Okay. I, I could see why they don't like you. I wouldn't like you either, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? You put me at five? I love New York rappers. I feel like I, but honestly, like it's like the balance between LA and New York, those like major hubs of music that came out. It's just for me, it's because like I love the hieroglyphics growing up as well, but I also love Tribe Called Quest and then also Outcast. So it's like New York, Atlanta, 
in LA were always like something I would be listening to. And especially like Del Bunky Homo Sapien. He was my favorite rapper back in the day when I was just a kid. That was my first album that I bought. So I was listening to like which one? Uh it was oh god. So when they had like Mr. Dabalina. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, his first one. I wish my brother George was yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. One was like, yeah, amazing, amazing album to get as a kid. So, oh yeah, it definitely changed my life and like in good ways. Like, yeah, I love fucking Delta Funky almost. And then listening to like Black Delicious too. Mm-hmm. That cut A to G, um, where they wrapped all in just the uh, first the uh, first word or. The first letter, like A through G, and then made a whole rap off of it. Pretty fucking dope. Yeah, Gift of Gab is such a nice dude. He was ch- he chilled at my house um, after one of his gigs in Bellingham. He was a very, very, very nice guy. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, he was very like very polite. I've heard. I felt hella bad for him because you know he was in a room with fucking a bunch of mid twenty year olds being stupid, being like. Ah! And it's just like, <laughs> like at that point, I I've been around enough celebrities at that point, or or you know, I'm just like, dude, this is not what these people want. You know, these people just yeah. want to hang out. They just want to kick it. Like, exactly. I don't know. It's like it, when I when a me and when I had Billy Woods come to the Northwest on that tour, and I was hanging out with him. It's like we didn't talk. You know, I like I'm sitting there and I want to know about you know him recording with Vorda Omega and like doing all this shit that he did back in the day. Cause New York used to be my favorite rap spot when, you know, when we're talking like in the 2000 decade, you know, uh, everything from company flow to, to cannibal ox to the Aesop rock to just all of the depth jokes shit. That was like my shit back in the day. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I wanted to talk to Billy about that. Cause he was on the fringe with, uh, with the, the can ox crew and the reavers and, and a couple things like that. But, you know, I could just feel that he didn't really want to talk about that. And so we like, we just talked football. It's like, I don't even really like football, but like, you know, sometimes you just got to recognize that like, it's like pulling teeth, trying to have conversation with people. And I'm really good at like, you know, I can go out on a limb and and find a way to connect with people. That's something that I've always kind of had to do like in making new friends and shit. But like, there's a hot dog stand I go to and they're diehard Yankees fans. And I fucking hate the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. I want to close it. I can go and talk Yankees <laughs> with them because they're hot dogs of the shit and they're really nice. But, you know, fuck it. Love you. Get a good hot dog. Talk some, talk some baseball. I like baseball. Like, nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, and then I got hit in the back really hard with like a 70-something mile an hour pitch by a 12-year-old and I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I'd take it out for sure evaluate things oh yeah you're just like oh, oh. Uh, oh. i would label the potato starch at work tony starch tony starch yep. yeah oh. and, then, and then my buddy alfredo he didn't get it because you know he's he's like very mexican he's like i don't get it i i know you since you're in a restaurant you probably know this one though did you name your walk-in christopher i mean that that's i never did personally but there were many restaurants i went to where yeah, that was the case. They have like Christopher Walken's head on the walk-in. Mm-hmm. 
because they're being ironic and funny. <laughs> yep. I mean, the, 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 the compactor, the cardboard compactor would have fat gel on it. And let's say I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. Nice. You know, like, yeah, there, there's a bunch of shit like that. You know, it's, it's that's good. funny. That's dope. That's funny. Yeah, there was a bunch of that shit at Whole Foods, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't always use the laminator, but when I do, I use a protective sleeve. <laughs> and it was the Dos Equis guy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Food that I'm feeling right now—that's like a—that's like a tough one. I'm really feeling like the crunchy tacos lately, or like crunch wraps. I've been like super into making my own crunch wraps, and uh, Tahin, Tahin, um, just came out with this new uh, um, uh, a, like a little crunchy taco, and it's like flavored with tahin now but it's a lot smaller so instead of like the normal it's like a normal six inch that you usually get for fried tortillas for making like huevos rancheros um it's a lot smaller now so you can make it like with just store-bought you don't have to go to like uh, cash and carry to buy a fat burrito so or for a fat tortilla and yeah so those things sound really good. I love I love crunch wraps, dude. I think they're like a premium taco burrito product. That's it's a great vessel. Delicious. Yeah. It it maximizes the crunch surface area. And yeah, it maximizes tortilla to uh filling ratio. Yeah, a homemade crunch wrap. Um delicious. Also, it's I mean, just Sometimes you get the Taco Bell seasoning from like Safeway and you get the good meat and then you make the Taco Bell seasoning good meat at your house and make a crunch wrap and that shit, you'll just be like. "It's Yeah, it's always better when you make it at home. Oh, it's so good. I've never been one to buy taco seasoning packs. No, no, no. The Taco Bell seasoning packs. The specific Taco Bell. Those ones are the only ones that I'll buy. Otherwise, I just do it myself. Yeah, I'll only buy uh, if I had Taco Time seasoning packs. I would say uh, <laughs> Taco Bell. Yeah. Taco no. Time. I I love Taco Time. The Super Deluxe that we took over. Uh, did you go to that Super Deluxe? You remember what the, the burger place that I was running? Was that you and or Vaughn? Was that you? Oh and, yeah, and yeah. I went that with the uh, Arliss. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a Taco Time. That was a Taco Time before. No one went there. Do you know what the special was like that they were advertising at that taco time when it closed? <laughs> what was that? Crispy meat bundles. Come again. Crispy meat bundles? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Fried straight meat? You just meat fried? I mean, they were like taquitos, but they weren't called taquitos. They were crispy meat bundles. That's how they were marketed. That's wild. Yeah. That's yeah. Just... So, and then you're like, oh, no wonder they closed. Who the fuck wants a crispy meat bundle? Like that's just like the most basic of like sales pitches ever. It's like, dude, do you, who in a sales room was like, yeah, crispy meat bundle? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. It's, there's something about that, like their their soft taco is just so good. I don't know what it is about Taco Times soft taco, beef soft taco is just so delicious. Is that your is that your number one fast food item? I'm just saying, like, I do like Taco Bell. Taco Bell's like probably overall has some better better products to get. 
but I mean, what's your number one fast food item? Any restaurant? You're gonna say that shit, man. Chicken nuggets, bro. Chicken nuggets. Okay, see McDonald's chicken nuggets. I'm suing. Not even McDonald's, any kind of chicken nuggets. That's you gotta pick one. You gotta pick one. What specific place is the best chicken nuggets? Yeah. Specific place that has really good chicken nuggets. Are you a Chick Fil A nugget type dude, or are you a KFC nugget? Or and I won't ever have Chick Fil A. So I wish I could say the same. Yeah, that what's that word? What my man called it? Prejudice ass chicken is fire. No, uh, that was another word he said. <laughs> there was another word he said. Oh man, that, that's good. Yeah, yep, yep. That fried bigotry is slapping, bro. I will admit, and I hate to admit it, but I'll be honest. You know what I'm saying? That anytime I was hung over at Whole Foods, I had to get Chick-fil-A because it was right there. You know what I'm saying? And it I had to carry me through, you know, because Whole Foods bitch ass hot bar wasn't doing it. But now you have to carry the shame of of shame. the fact that you went to Chick-fil-A. So it was it was it's worth true. it. It's right? true. Exactly. I would definitely say for like chicken nuggets out there though, like what place has the best chicken nuggets? And I mean, McDonald's is all right. They're pretty good. But for like fast food, I mean, that tempura battered uh, chicken nuggets, those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. And, you know, they're top of the list. But I always get like Jack in the Box chicken nuggets. Oh, I don't really? know why I like That's them horrible. so much. Shame. I think it's because they're so shitty and they slightly taste like uh, uh, tacos. Everything slightly <laughs> tastes the same at Jack in the Box. It's, yeah. it's weird. to the uh chicken nuggets from back of the box so those are pretty good for me it's probably a double cheeseburger at mcdonald's i need a cheeseburger what's that got to do with that i need a store-bought cheeseburger smoky outfit you're not thinking of going back on the street are you randy man's gonna eat just i was i was raised on it yeah those are slapping man those are great those McChickens, too. Those McChickens. Bacon, okay. egg, and cheese McGriddle. The McGriddle? The McGriddle. Ooh. I'd slap my dick on a McGriddle right now. Those are the ones with, like, the pancake syrupy. Oh, dude, I can't. Yeah, it's just crazy. No, it's just. Yeah, you're right. It is crazy. Crazy is. fire. <laughs> they drive me crazy. And Fuego. Those things are, like, what, like, 2,000 calories a piece? Yep. Small little fuckers are like insane yeah. amounts of calories per one. They're like the worst thing you could possibly get on the menu. <laughs> They're like half your fucking calorie intake, or probably three fourths of your calorie intake for the day. Just one little small meal. Three fifths of your daily calorie intake. Two thousand calories is more than three three fifths. But I mean, that's a lot of fucking calories to eat in a day. I mean, I could no take that back. I mean. Basketball players burn like 4,000 calories in a game or something like that. Yeah, so that fucking running. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. What about shitty pizza places, though? That's a that's another one that I, I like to write. Yeah. It's like pizza places uh, and teriyaki spots. <laughs> no, they it's say the like one last true thing. American. My, one of my favorite farms is like teriyaki. Other if you come down to American Portland, the best teriyaki I've ever had is down here. And as you know, we truckers, we got to stay up late nights to stay up long nights. You know, sometimes that five-hour energy drink just ain't cutting it. Those coffee drinks ain't cutting it. Caffeine, sugar, you're saturated, man. And you know, 
you're at that truck stop and the dude over there who's selling that meth, he looks like he's a little dirty. You know, from everything you heard about meth, it's pretty dirty. So if you don't want to be dirty, but you want some hardcore, extreme, long-lasting 12-hour cocaine, well, get yourself some thrust dust down at Connor's Cocaine Emporium. That'll keep you up all night. You don't have to feel dirty like those meth heads over there. Available Connor's Cocaine Emporium. Keep thrusting. Keep thrusting. Sourdough muffin. I do love sourdough muffins, though. That's one of my favorite breakfast Ooh, breads, for yeah. sure. I like sourdough meth. <laughs> that and meth. <laughs> English muffins and meth. <laughs> Methins. Methins. Mm-hmm. Meth inside of your muffins. <laughs> Brought to you by Nesquik. Brought to you by Methamphetamines. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I could go down the road and get a pack for like, not for change. You know what I'm saying? Change. Holy shit. You can get those Paul Malls for $6.99. Yeah, the really shit. $5.99. Get some Paul Malls. Uh, is Paul Mall the worst cigarette? Uh, I think Pyramid's the worst cigarette. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I spent a lot of time searching obscure like uh, cigarette brands that don't exist anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, shit like that. Yeah, there's some good ones out there, dude. Oh, no, there's some fire cigarettes. ones out there. I love cigarette pack art. I don't know why. <laughs> That's a dope thing to be into. I like that. <laughs> it's like they're, they're like cassette tapes. You know what I mean? They are like, like almost. <laughs> they're like the same size. You know, <laughs> cigarette pack, cassette tape. Yeah. I like me some cassettes. So, cassette. Girl, I'm going to give you, a, send you a, a cassette tape. <laughs> Audio sex tape on cassette. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just dirty talking. <laughs> Just, dude. in your ear, cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at Durazo's house yesterday and he told, he made me watch the Chuck Berry video. Have you guys seen that shit? I had never seen that shit before. What Chuck like, Berry? You know Chuck Berry, right? The the guitarist, the old school fucking blues guitarist. The one of him in the room with the prostitutes? Yeah. And he farts in the girl's face? <laughs> I had never seen that shit before. And she, he's like, yeah, kiss it. And then he farts in her face and you're just like, oh my God. Like some of the most heinous shit I ever, and then, yeah, I ended up doing research on Chuck Berry and He's not a good guy, but yeah, he's a character. Chuck Berry's a stranger for sure. <laughs> I don't know too much. I know that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some there's some allegations. That's all I can say. Yeah, I'm no, but yeah, he like married like a what was it like a 15 year old or something like that. He got in trouble for bringing like yeah a 13 or 15 year old on tour with him. Jerry Lewis was the dude who married like a 14 year old and then got in trouble for transporting a minor sex across state lines oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> jerry yeah. lewis jesus christ all those like uh early founder the early rock and roll dudes they were they're all pedos and yeah, yeah they're all pedos elvis yeah a lot of pedos a lot of people a lot of you like you get a lot of allegations like especially if like drake as well too not up like he has a lot of allegations of um grooming yeah grooming was that he's a groomer. he's uh it means like say they're 13 year old inside of like the hollywood scene 
you become their friend at an early age and become like kind of their mentor. Oh, yes. Wait until they turn 18 and then try to have sex with them. Yeah, you're, you're, you're grooming them for the intercourse that you're going to have with them. It's not even just in Hollywood. It's like that shit's, you know, happens on a neighborhood level. That look creepy. It's like, it's something the pedophiles do. And yeah, Drake had some really questionable text messages with Millie Bobby Brown, or uh, the girl from Stranger Things come out. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, you know, there's some questionable videos of him like pulling up like a 15 year old girl on the stage and like making out with her or something like that. The fuck, bro. You know, and then again, that's that's the thing. It's like you don't just pull some random girl off stage and make out with them. You know what I mean? It's like you don't know who they are. Right. There's, there's a lot of things that, like, you know, the rock star, you know, you don't think about, and then that shit might come back and just and rip your ass. Too many mushrooms. Too many mushrooms. Is there is there such a thing? Is there such yes. a thing? Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I could say that too. I took a quarter of mushrooms, two, or no, I'm sorry, a half ounce of mushrooms, two quarters, uh, a quarter of cyan essence, and a quarter of Kivenzi's, and then and then some acid. I was uh, I was Jerry Garcia, and it was Halloween, you know, and so. <laughs> don't role play. Don't role play on Halloween. You got to be careful. Oh, that's just seems that's a lot. It's it was it was a lot. I thought it was one hit of acid. My buddy came up to me and I was already frying sitting on the couch. Like, but the air tastes mm, better. And amazing air! I have the energy of a bear that has the energy of two bears. Because we had me and my buddy, we played this game. It was called Guess That Cap, right? And uh, you know, we pulled out the mushroom. He like hold it up. He'd be like, all right, you know, that one's like two point two grams, you know. And then the other dude, you know, like there's a bunch of people in the room. And, uh, you know, we'd all guess that cap. And then the winner had to eat the cap. Nice. And then, you know, we had a big bag of mushrooms. And then so that, that's what happened with a lot of it. So I'm sitting there and I'm frying. Just balls, pupils. It's great. And my buddy walks in the room and he hands me a Cheez-It. He's like, here you go. Here you go, bro. And he was, he's a fucking crazy dude. And I was like, how many hits are on it? He's like, oh, just one. And I fucking put it in my mouth, and the whole thing's soggy, right? Oh, fuck. Just soggy. And then that's when the, the night really started to, to melt. Because that was a unknown amount of acid. So this dude, this dude was a piece of shit. Uh, he was my friend for a while, but he dosed multiple people. And I realized that I have survivor's remorse because I didn't go insane, and I watched other people go insane. Damn. And uh, I watched, like, four people go to like lose their shit because of you know how many drugs he was giving them crazy crazy like actually like people snap and like one dude lost the ability to speak english all he could do was say j like, it was just like he like turned into this fucking animal and he didn't know how to speak and his eyes like he lost all sense of humanity and we just watched him fucking disappear and then he had to get thorazined and fucking taken down by the calm down crew and then he's been on drugs ever since like antipsychotics and shit right and that's just that's just one of the dudes right yeah no fucking way bro you don't never do that you just don't dose with psychedelics with people you just don't why would you do that shit i don't understand why people do that shit well it's yeah these people are like you know for me like i was like yeah i'll take some you know and then so 
in a way he's like not really dosing you that would be his justification because you know like you said you wanted to hit you know but i just gave you you know 20 hits <laughs> you're gonna trip bro yeah you're gonna end this still in play my friend Woo! and so i'm kind of like vengeful uh when it comes to like people fucking over people i'm the type where you know if someone like screws me over a good amount, you know, like I might want to like let that revenge chill, you know, and then, you know, go in maybe harder than I need to sometimes. But it's, you know, because things like that, I've seen some, some, some shit go down where like that dude that was like dosing people, if like I thought about it, if I had my mentality now, what I would have done would be break into his house and flush all of his drugs down the toilet and beat the shit out of him and tell him to stop fucking dosing people because he's making fucking children go insane and he's an absolute piece of shit and maybe if he got punched in the face like 50 times and fucking watched all of his like thousands of dollars of acid get flushed down the toilet maybe he'd like think about those decisions you know i'm i'm, I'm from the school of you know punch a nazi in the face you know and uh well you give him one warning you say hey that that type of behavior is not welcome here uh if i see you again it's gonna hurt Mm -hmm. amen to that dude hell yeah yeah and then and then you see them again and it's real man unfortunately i've never really had to run into the encounter of having bullshit friends that dose you with shit so friends or yeah or so so-called you know the hypothetical friend mm -hmm. i like my hand right mm -hmm. hypothetical friend right here <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, like, never had to run into that kind of shit. But I guess, like, it depends on, like, the crowd of people you hang out with and who you invite as well, too. Because, you know, like, drug dealers yes. from all sorts of creeds and places and crawl out of some fucking under some rock from some small town, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they have power. They're usually cool at first. You're like, oh, yeah, you seem awesome. Sweet. Yeah, I can get some acid off you. Sweet. That sounds great. But then, yeah, as soon as you start kicking with them, invite them to a party, they make people feel uncomfortable because they're kind of a piece of shit. And then... First off, I am 35 years old. I am divorced. And I live in a van down by the river. Yeah, then you find out they're dosing people and stuff. And that's fucked up. Especially having four people go kind of lose their shit and have a mental break. That's really yeah. fucked That's like, that's what you witness, though. There could have been so many more cases of this dude just being a douchebag and like dosing like way higher doses than what people should be taking for their first or even just taking acid in general. Because if you're taking more than like five, six hits of acid at a time, start thinking about your, uh, you know, reevaluating your life and shit. So mm -hmm. that's too much acid. Here comes the meat wagon. And the medic gets out and says, oh, my God. You need to stay connected. Yeah, you need to stay connected to reality. Yeah. I mean, like, I was, I was on, like, six hits of acid one time. Like, I did way too many hallucinogens, man. I was on six hits of acid at Earth Dance, and uh, my buddy passed me. So I brought my, my PHX bong to the festival. And so it was a, or, uh, yeah, four-foot, five-perk bong, you know, glass on glass on glass, everything. And so my buddy had been holding it. He was, like one of the shaman dudes, you know, and he passes it over to me and it's full of fucking just tangerine orange crystals, right? And I was just like, what the hell is that? 
because I, I had told him like for a couple of years that I was like, if you ever find some good DMT, you know, I'd, I'd love to do it. Oh, right. Jesus. And so this is like the pure DMT crystal, you know, and I am taking a bong rip, like a full on fucking four foot chalk fucking bong rip and then just laying down and watching this like it was like someone took the oak tree and like wheel of fortune it and it fucking turned into like a wormhole crazy done too many drugs done too many drugs very intense yeah bro yes jesus yeah while you're already hot rsd and you're already oh, yeah. tripping out and then it's like here you go have some dmt to like you know just because that uh six hits of acid wasn't enough you know <laughs> so here you go yeah, DMT is crazy, man, because you can smoke it and feel like high, but it takes, uh, you know, I think I've only like achieved like the liftoff, so to speak, like three times, but I've probably smoked DMT like upwards of 50 times. I smoked DMT before I smoked weed. Come again. Oh, wow. That's pretty yeah. insane. Yeah, it was pretty like cool. jumped into salvia, you know? <laughs> exactly. People were doing yeah. salvia and I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do salvia. And someone was like, I got DMT. And I was like, sure. Sweet, let's do it. That's sounds great. Okay. <laughs> and someone's like, "Hey, I got these research chemicals offline for for you know no like no price whatsoever. Do you want to do some? Snort this one and smoke this one. Don't mix them up though." And then my buddy accidentally mixed them up one time and smoked the stuff you weren't supposed to smoke, and uh, he had a bad trip. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've only done DMT a couple of times, but I've eaten mushrooms so many times and i love mushrooms because it's like a little bit of a lighter experience sometimes it gets pretty insane and heavy but i mean if yeah the times that i've gotten like insanely high it's because they took like two two hits of acid and that's like pretty intense for me at least i mean some people can handle upwards to six and shit but it's like you know that's a lot and like two hits of acid i'm getting insane visuals and feeling all sorts of ways so and then the time I did DMT, that shit was really cool. Cause that's like a whole nother a whole nother field of psychedelics. That's just kind of kind of wild. It doesn't it takes you someplace, but it doesn't like it doesn't give you like the insane anxiety that like LSD and shrooms. It's like the anxiety of taking some drugs before taking them. You get anxiety before doing it. You're like, oh, should I do this? Should I do this? I know it's bad. Like, fuck, should I do it? This could be the last time. Well, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. And then you do it, and you have a, end up having a good time. But it's yeah, you're like, is this gonna be the bad trip? You know, DMT. Did you know that uh, if you smoke weed and get really high, you know, like that first time that you smoked weed and you got like high, you know, and like. Uh, that's actually a DMT release in your brain. That makes no sense. Yeah. So like, yeah, for me, like I remember when I got high and I was like, my buddies were jamming and I was watching music just like happen, like, like come out of the guitar and come out of the drums and the keyboard and just like exist in like a three-dimensional field. And I was watching the music come out of the instruments and stuff. Just so, and then, yeah, that was like the first time I got like high on weed. Gives you back the $20 bill. It makes so much sense, though. Like, you hear so many stories of people having, like, crazy-ass, like, the first time I ever got high kind of trip. And, like, yeah. 
you always hear that experience, but it makes sense why it, it is so intense. It's because it's like a release of all those dopamines inside your brain at one time. That's been scoring up since you were a kid. And then you smoke that first blunt yourself. You're like, boom. Yeah. Oh, I can't even see straight. Like, shit seems funky. Everything slows down. DMT leaks into dreams and will affect dreams periodically. And it, it happens to be the chemical that's released in your brain when you were born and when you're dying. And so that's why, like, you have people that have the, the quote unquote near death experience with like getting high. Like, do you remember that cop that called in uh, to the news to the news station? No, I'm just, I think we're dying. Okay, how much did you guys have? Uh, I, I don't know. We made brownies. And I think we're dead. I really do. And he and his wife did the edibles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's because it's it's a chemical that is released when you die. And so some people have that correlation. And so that's, or, or, or some people are born again and like want to like, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But yeah, DMT, it's, it's a very powerful chemical that's naturally occurs in your brain. So it's, it's one of the most organic highs as far as the hallucinogen goes. And so that's, I think, why you probably don't experience as much anxiety for it because it's it naturally occurring and it also it just dissipates in like a half an hour the thing with the acid for me was like i would always just be like i want to be high on acid but i don't want to be high on acid for 16 hours right because you know? you're always high for so long yeah yeah you're high for so long but then you can't sleep the next day that's my thing with it is like i'll literally stay up for 36 to 48 hours after doing acid i'm like yeah, because the, the thing about acid is a lot of people, like, you know, you're saying some people do six hits to achieve that two hits that you have versus a, a visuals because they're looking for the visuals. But the, even the people that have to do six hits to get the same visuals that you do on two, those six hits are still going to uh, affect their perception more. You know, even if they just did two hits, they're, they're, everything is still being affected by the LSD, even if it's not the visuals. And, like, some people forget that. Like, like, oh, I need to take more. Eat some more pills, pillhead. <laughs> <laughs> Time to do another hit. Let's do another hit. Let's do more, bro. Trying to get those fucking crazy visuals. Trying to see some shit walk. <laughs> Jabberwocky. Ladies and gentlemen, I gotta split. I gotta handle some shit real quick. Split like the atom. Split like the atom. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Well, it's time to wrap it up, anyways. Yeah.